This episode of Meet Me for Coffee is brought to you by Coffee Cola on a hot day like today. As you can see, I'm sweating profusely and it's so hot out. I like Coffee Cola. It's a tonic infused uh, caffeine drink. Tastes like coffee, smells like coffee. And it's from Montreal here in Canada. CoffeeColaCanada.com or .ca to get your drink. And also by Chatter365, the ultimate messaging app with anti-trolling software. Good for business meetings. And more, you can check them all out at chatter365.com. I got the COO of 258 Studios here. Her name is Stacy Toy. How's it going, Stacy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. A bit hot up here in uh, outside of <laughs> Toronto, Ontario. Where, where are you from? Um, I'm in right outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania in the Pocono Mountains. And so. there, there was an um, actual series. Uh, was it The, the Office that was placed yes. in Scranton? Yep, the office, the home of the office. Everybody oh. knows the office. Is that, is that what, what people say? It's like, hey, this is the place. Where yes. Is it actually, actually filmed there or no? Um, no, uh, they did use a lot of stuff. Like they'd come to town and, and get, you know, like um, mugs or, or bumper stickers from all the local places or, you know, media outlets. Um, and, and it was fun. And they were actually, they would come every year and they still come to, in, in fact, it's the restaurant right next door to where our warehouse is, our production house. Um, it's called Cooper's and they talk about it a lot in this, in the show, but they have the guys actually come back and, and the girls too, and, and do appearances and dinners and all that kind of stuff at the restaurant. Um, and then they had them at the baseball field for our, you know, fireworks night and, so yeah, they're very active actually still in the Scranton area. So <laughs> That's awesome. I heard you went to the University of Oxford. Yes, I did. London, England. It, yep, right outside of London. Uh-huh. And what did you did. study it there? Was so much fun. Um, I went to school for journalism. Um, and so when I went the first time and studied abroad, um, I went for communications and journalism classes. Um, and then I went back two more times for writing accreditations by the board. So um, those were just specific writing accreditations that I got from the board. So hopefully one day when I write a book, it'll be like, you know, you know, accredited by University of Oxford board when I can write it. So that's pretty much the only reason why I did that. <laughs> that's awesome. You have great aspirations. And uh, I, I heard that, uh, you know, you, you married your, your high school sweetheart and he was in the, in the army and, and obviously uh, something that really touched me is, uh, you know, the act of forgiveness, forgiving somebody uh, for something that was pretty catastrophic. Um, so your husband and you were go way back or went way back. You married him after you came back from university. He was from the army or he was, was it the Navy? Navy. Yes. Yep, Navy. Mm-hmm. So he came back from the Navy, the Navy. and then, uh, well, was he having troubles, you know, troubles in life in general? And, and, and someone, you know, offered him some, uh, some opiates and, and I guess he passed away from an overdose and you found out who gave it to him. And what really struck me, you know, a lot of people have a lot of grudges and hate and whatever you acted with. Uh, I'm sure you cried. I'm sure you, you felt anger. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and, and you eventually probably turned it all around, which you probably, which you did, um, mm-hmm. and 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 for and forgave this guy and helped him out in, on his way in life. And obviously, people are really, really, really troubled. And and for you to forgive someone for doing that to your husband, or it, it means a lot. Yeah, no, it was um, it was definitely been a long tumultuous road. 
Um, I myself was addicted to opioids when I was at Oxford. I was taking about 70 to 100 a day at that point. Um, and I'd been doing that for years because they gave me like energy and I could focus. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very much acting how I used to act because I had to kind of retrain myself how to be that way. But it was, I used to be shy. And then when I started taking opioids, you know, for my other issues, it was kind of like, I wasn't afraid anymore. And so I would get up and then all of a sudden I was, you know, the state officer in charge of 11,000 students and advisors in high school. And I'm speaking at events with like 250,000 people when I'm a senior in high school. It's like unbelievable. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. It's just all about the opportunity and, and, you know, taking a hold of the opportunity. But I also know that I lost everything because of that. Um, and there was really nobody there to help me because it was the pre-opioid epidemic. So um, it was kind of like I saw both sides of the coin and I just wanted to make something good come from something bad. So at the end of this year, it'll be 17 years that I'm clean from all that. Well, congratulations. It's a big feat. Thanks. I could have found the cure for cancer, but instead, you know, I, I just party. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, I understand how you... I'm thinking about it right now. It's forgiving somebody is very hard, but no matter how, how big your grudge is against that person, it's still not going to bring your husband back. No, absolutely not. And it's like, you know, I've said it before, like an eye, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth just leaves the world with a bunch of toothless blind people. Um, and honestly, it was like when I was being kicked, when I was down, I'm like, if I live through this, I'm going to be different and I'm going to be an example to be different and why you need to help, you know, because it's like the broken people are the ones, you know, that everybody always points at and says, Oh, you're a failure. And Oh, you're this. And Oh, you're that. And it's like, if they get back up, you bitches better fucking watch out. You know what I mean? Because those are the people that they may fall off and, and, you know, God help them, however their life goes, or, they're going to find the fuel to the fire and boy, are they just going to shoot up out of the sky, you know? And it's like, I just love when that happens because not that many people get to see this side of things. And it's like, why would I ruin somebody else's life? You know, I just, there's nothing I could do that he hasn't done to himself. You know, there's nothing anybody could do or say to me that I haven't already done to myself. So, and you know. I, I think one word here is overcome, right? Overcome yeah. the obstacle. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, obstacles that I have to overcome every day and you and why complicate it find that find the strength in you find your I, I think um, some of the, the common themes in most of the interviews I've done with the celebrities and the and, and the rock stars is is talking about your mantra your your energy and mm-hmm. and uh, just being in harmony with everything and you know forgiving somebody's it feels good to come to sense with everything and and, and do what's right. And I believe that's what you did, right? You helped the guy. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't call you every day now, but he does probably check in with you to thank you every once in a while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He does. Um, so at the end of this year, it'll be nine years that my husband died because he actually died on Veterans Day. Um, and so Nick will be clean nine years. And he messages me all the time. Um, but, you know, going into it, I walked in there fully understanding that he could tell me to go fuck myself. And I was okay with that too, because forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for you. You know what I mean? So, you know, but then when I sat there in front of him and told him my story and stuff, he was like, he had tears in his eyes and he's like, you're the one person who's supposed to hate me and you're the only person willing to help me. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I've been there. 
you know? And it's like, I didn't give him money. I didn't give, like, I helped him, like I'd give him a Bible and I gave him minutes on his phone so he can speak to his kids or he could call me if he's having a bad time, which he always did. Um, and he really like, you know, he, he just, he really wanted it, but it was like, somebody just had to believe in him, you know? And just like with me, all I really had was like my father because my father went through the Oxycontin stuff in the nineties. So he knew what it was like to come out of the withdrawal and all that. And I didn't know that until I went through it. Um, but I just had him in, in my head, like planting positivity and all that stuff. And so when I started rolling back up, you know, the hill and stuff, it was, it was really cool, but, um, you know, success is the best revenge and, you know, why not bring people with you? Because now Nick has a life. And so not only did I prove, you know, that the only thing more powerful than heroin and addiction and all that stuff is love and forgiveness, but it sustained itself. And I haven't even seen Nick in over two years now, but he does still text me every once in a while, like happy mother's day, or just to tell me he's grateful for, you know, having this moment. Cause he's got his kids now and he's got his business and, I'm super proud of him, you know? So it's like, I got, the kid got his life back. So that's how I'm happy for him. That's amazing. And, and I guess for me, everything I believe happens for a reason, right? Oh yeah. There's no such thing as circumstances anymore. I've actually been dubbed the queen of serendipity by an Academy Award winning producer. So it's happened so much. He's like, this is getting scary. He's like, and I'm like, no, no, no. It's my I, life. I, I hear a typewriter typing up your your biopic soon. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Maybe it's Tom Hanks typing it up because uh, I learned that he collects all these different typewriters. So I guess he's pretty good. And I thought typewriting was obsolete, but apparently he still types on that. Um, but let's talk about you know the overcoming uh, being a drug addict, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest. You, you went through it, right? Like when you're in the moment, when you're, when you're, how does, how does it feel to take uh, opiates? Um, uh, It's weird because so many people will take pain pills and it knocks them out. You were injected it? No, I never injected it. Um, I did snort heroin once with my husband in high school. um, And we both were so scared because it was so good that it like scared us. Even in the moments when I've tried to like commit suicide, you know, during my depression and, and all that stuff. I still was way too afraid to ever inject heroin. So that's why, you know, my husband, he wasn't a heroin addict. Um, you know, and that's why this person had to actually do it for him because he didn't know how to, um, you know, so accidents happen, man. And things are just, you know, more potent these days and things happen. It's just, it, he just went to sleep. He had his earbuds in his ears and, you know, he just didn't wake up. So it just happens. May rest in peace. Uh, did he ever serve the country um, abroad? Yes, he was stationed. Well, he was stationed on a few different aircraft carriers um, as a jet mechanic. Um, he went around with the Blue Angels for about eight months to a year. And then he was also stationed in different areas in Bahrain and then in Rota, Spain for his last year of service. So that's incredible. I, I'm obsessed yeah. with jets and flight. Oh uh, gosh. The stories I could tell you. Cause he, I used to ask him to tell me a Navy story like every night, like I'm going to bed, like a little kid. I'm like, tell me a Navy story. So I used to get all of his Navy stories and because he was a jet mechanic on the aircraft carriers. I mean, you know, the one thing that kind of didn't help with his PTSD and depression is like, the one time I know he said one of the uh, planes landed and you know how they catch on like that big wire that's real thick on the aircraft carriers to kind of stop it. 
well, it snapped and it cut his one buddy like clear in half, like right on the deck and stuff. And like, you know, so sometimes a lot of stuff happened. Um, I mean, he saved a lot of people's lives and, and everything just like, because you'll pull like the one side off and then the wind will catch it just right. And you almost go off to the side of the boat. And I mean, the stories that he would tell me were just like, Oh my gosh. I mean, the stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people who've, who've gone and served in Afghanistan and uh, most of them do not want to talk about it after. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There is a lot of stuff, but you know, the thing is too, is I used to like to get him drunk and then make him talk to me. <laughs> so but it, it was it was very kind of cleansing to him, like once he got into it, because even if it was sad, he was able to get it out. And so like there were just I mean, we spent a lot of time with no money. And so the only thing you can do is just hang out and talk some nights. You know what I mean? Yeah, like have a beer and all you can do is talk. So, you know, we did that a lot. <laughs> I, I think my wife wishes that getting me drunk would shut me up. It's the opposite, right? <laughs> but it gets worse. I, I talk too much as it is. And 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 just having a few more beers gets me me thinking more. I'm 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 really a I'm a, I'm a woke person, right? Mm-hmm. I think about things in different perspectives and you know other possibilities. And then me too. I do that too. That's great, though. Yeah, it's amazing. It it scares some people, but it's amazing um, to to freak people out like different dimensions and oh yeah, and, lizard people always yeah. turns heads. You know? Yeah, lizard people, <laughs> and then like you talk about it with my one buddy. We stayed up to like one thirty in the morning on like a Sunday or a Monday or whatever, and had to go to work the next day. We we're just talking outside, and mm-hmm. uh, but he he's into it too. So when you find somebody who's just completely into it, it's 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 amazing, right? So different possibilities yeah. and whatever. Um, let's talk about, um, well, talking, you, you, the news, you produce a a great newscast at one point, right? Well, I directed, I was the live news director for America's highest rated local newscast in the country for almost 11 years before I got into the film and this industry, this side of the stuff. (laughs) That's awesome. Do do you have any uh, cool (laughs) projects you're working on right now with your media company? Actually, let's talk about what your, your company's all about. Yeah, sure. Um, so our company, 25-8 Studios, um, it is basically from start to finish um, and everything in between, whether it's political campaigns, uh, TV commercials, documentaries, TV shows, uh, feature films, uh, anything like that, um, we do it. And we have like a 14,000 square foot facility in Scranton. Um, and in there we have like the largest psych wall um, for outside of New York City and Philadelphia. Um, we have a top-of-the-line recording studio. We've got our editing booths, our, you know, photography studios, and, I mean, all of this kind of stuff and a lot of space to film. <clears throat> so um, that's there. And we also have um, associate offices in Los Angeles, Atlanta, Orlando, and in London. So, you know, that's always fun to have all that kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> so yeah. But our basic hub is in Scranton, mostly because they said to my business partner, um, and I that like we couldn't, you know, do it. So of course, you know, we did it and then made our hub in the place that they said we couldn't do it. So what else can't we do? <laughs> have you have you worked on any major films that I wouldn't know? Um, well, right now currently on Amazon and Vudu and iTunes and like on thirty two different other platforms is One Hundred Acres of Hell starring uh WWE superstar Gene Snitsky and clerks and Kevin Smith fame, uh, Ernie O'Donnell. So that's been doing really, really well right now. Um, I've worked with Academy award-winning producer director, Robert May, when I went with him 
and we did a documentary down in Haiti um, that uh, it was shown at a national convention and within 20 minutes had raised over like $2 million already. And so these kids got schools and housing and, you know, I mean, everything. What's um, it called? Uh, it's called Open Arms Haiti. So if you type oh, in on Google, Open Arms Haiti, that'll come up. Um, and that was me, Robert May. <clears throat> like I said, he uh, won the Academy Award with Errol Morris for Fog of War. Um, he also did like Kids for Cash um, and a bunch of other stuff with like Kathy Bates and Bonneville and um, <clears throat> all that. So, um, and it was me, him, and then three other crew people when we went down and obviously security um, but it was an incredible and amazing experience. And I still keep in touch with those kids. Um, I've worked with Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's father. Uh, we recorded it. We, we filmed down in Orlando, Florida, uh, about two years ago for the e-network, uh, for an upcoming, um, reality show that's going to be on the e-network with one of his upcoming girl groups. Um, who he's still may going. Or, he's still going. May or may not look exactly like Destiny's Child, in my opinion. But hey, they're still great people. Um, I really loved and enjoyed working with them, um, and that was fun. And then um, currently, I'm working with uh, Clarence Spady, who is uh, we're doing a documentary on him. He's been dubbed the future of blues uh, for the last 35 years. He's worked with everybody from BB King to Eric Clapton, open for The Temptations, The Supremes. Um, you know, his, he texts, he tells me all the time, he's like texting with his buddies, Ace Fraley and Gavin DeGraw and Josh Stone. And it's like super cool. But he also was a heroin addict uh, for like 35 years. Um, he lost his son last year to an overdose. Um, so he got his life back together and now we're projecting him back into, um, I mean, he's never stopped doing music. He's Grammy nominated. Um, his last album, uh, well, his second album, Nature of the Beast, came out and he lost to B.B. King. And I'm like, really? There's like five in a category. And he lost to B.B. King. That's not a bad thing, you know? Well, give them um, all a prize. I think the older I get, the more I enjoy blues and jazz. I'm, I'm a yes. heavy metal musician, but like... Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's it's like you just want to just chill out. My my wife, she's uh, from uh, Argentina, so I listen to a lot of Latin music. And it's... Mm -hmm. Really good, awesome. actually. Well, I had Clarence uh, together with Jesse Snyder on my back porch uh, when Jesse came two months ago and they were together and they were singing and making music. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, my grab my dad. I'm like, dad, just sit down and let it happen. There's going to be a Grammy hit that's going to come out of here and it's going to be from our backyard. So I'm like, that's just awesome. sit down and listen. Okay. Let it happen. So it's so fun. <laughs> what do you like about film? Um, honestly, I love, um, I just, I love being the mom on set. Um, I feel like more confident because I go out of my way to learn how things work and how things are supposed to be and make sure like the insurances are done and the permits are done and, you know, all the paperwork is together and the contracts are there. And if anybody gets hurt, you know, they all know they can come to me and, you know, it's like, make sure that these people have water, make sure the food's there, make sure. And it's like, I love being able to take care of everybody and kind of, you know, keep everybody like cool, calm and collected. But um, documentaries are my favorite thing to do just because I feel like, you know, I like to give a voice to people who wouldn't have otherwise have been heard, you know, and do it in a way that like people will actually listen. And, so. and it's the truth. And well, sometimes the truth. Yeah. Um, depends on your agenda and who's paying for it. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's always a storyline to go by. So half that work is pretty much done for you. What I do hate about film 
honestly, and we talked about this before, is the freaking editing. Like these programs, um, even though you go through the tutorials, it's so hard. And to have that skill to do the after effects and and, and the CGI and everything, do you do that stuff as well? No, I don't. My business partner, Mark, does, the the CEO. Um, he went, <coughs> excuse me, he went to, to film school um, uh, down in Florida and learned all that stuff. And then he moved right out to Los Angeles and he started like he was on the first two seasons of uh, Sons of Anarchy in production. And he worked on everything from Heroes, Scrubs, Elementary, 24. You know, it's just unbelievable. He worked for every major studio out there for years and then finally just packed up and, you know, came back. And the thing is, is and I, I admire this the most about him and kind of, I guess, where I get my drive for it, too, is we're always constantly learning. Like, even if, like, I go past the bathroom, he's on the bathroom, like, on the toilet, and you can hear him listening to, like, tutorials and stuff, you know, on YouTube on how to do this and how to do that. And um, Mark is just a fierce to be reckoned with. He can do everything. <clears throat> so that's why, you know, I'm always the one going out and traveling everywhere and making sure everything's in order and, and whatnot because Mark keeps it all together you know, on the technical aspect and, and all that side. And then I'm more like the face, if you will. <laughs> if people want to check out your, talking. if people want to <laughs> check you out, like online, like where do they go? Is there a website? Sure. Um, you can go to the number two, five, eight studios.com or on Facebook and on Instagram, it's all spelled out 25, eight and then studios. And we're there. <laughs> That's awesome. How, how yeah. many kids do you have? Do you have any children? Yes, I have two sons. Um, they're going to be 16 and 14 at the end of the year. Oh, so scary, quarantine, quarantines, let me tell you. <laughs> Lots of arguments. Well, no, it's like they're more like gremlins. You know, like I go downstairs and it's like one's got a chef hat on and is trying to like make pancakes and the other one's just like sitting in the refrigerator. You know what I mean? Like it's just unbelievable. The amount that teenage boys can eat is unbelievable it just blows my mind and i'm like <laughs> I, I would so, have to agree you with you because like it? our grocery bills are through the roof now um i bought a yeah. nice i bought an absolutely massive tv like 75 inch tv wow that's right? great not it's not absolutely massive i should have bought the 100 inch tv but um so i never even fucking watched a damn thing like it's like you have i have my two girls and my, my baby boy he doesn't watch well he watches tv but doesn't change the channel we're watching full house all the time now nice. you know, you know it, it's Yay, pretty cool <laughs> it, it, it's all right it's all right but you know I, I the whole quarantine thing has got everybody lazy because they don't do anything right yeah they thought the tiger king was amazing i mean come on <laughs> i'm sorry i actually stopped like, watching that i can't I, like i just was like on my phone half the time just like listening to it going okay When's it going to start to happen? All the great stuff that everybody keeps talking about. I mean, the only thing that I got was that guy's jet ski scene at the end where the guy with the mullet and he's on this jet ski and it's like a slow motion, like rock music video. That was all I got that I was like, all right, that guy had that moment because that would have been an amazing 80s like rock video. <laughs> the crazy thing is she killed her husband. I know. First off. And, and, and second... She took over, um, what's his name? The, what's his name? The Tiger King. Yeah, him. Took over, yeah, took over his, uh, his zoo. Oh, jeez. So Carol Baskin has that zoo now. That's nuts. 
That's which so is funny. completely insane, right? Yeah, where's your husband? <laughs> yeah, where's your husband? Did he actually take off or did you take him off? I don't know. Uh, take him yeah, off right? this planet. <laughs> That's great. Well, Stacy, I really appreciate you coming by. No, thank you so much for having me. Anything you want to say to the listeners, to the viewers? How can they find you if they want to contact you right now? Stacy Toy, this cool guests that I've had on my show. Awesome voice. Have you done any voiceovers, by the way? No, but my voice actually has been funny because of my allergies lately. So um, I sound like a cool cigarette commercial or a 900 number. So it's just like, I feel like I should be in the 80s being like, cool cigarettes, you know? Yeah, maybe Stranger <laughs> Things has a future for you. Ah, that's so uh-huh. funny. Um, but you can find me, um, Stacy Toy, S-T-A-C-E-Y-T-O-Y, um, on Facebook, uh, I'm on Instagram at Stacy Toy and LinkedIn at Stacy Toy. Um, just in case you need references, because there's plenty. Um, so yeah, and then all my 258 Studio stuff that I mentioned before. 